My name is Mary Ellen Barrett, and I'd like to welcome you to the Stay at Home Schooling Mom podcast. I am being joined by my partner and co-host, Jenny Suford, and we have a great but kind of touchy subject for you today. Touchy because money is involved and money is always touchy and annoying. But first, before we get into that, please take a moment and let that five-star review button know that you are there wherever you are listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could write up a little something too, that would be awesome. And then hop over to seatonhome.org because they are our primary sponsor and we just love them. They do a great job of providing homeschool curriculum for all of you Catholic homeschoolers out there. They have been doing it 40 years and they are the premier Catholic homeschool curriculum provider. They have beautiful materials. They have a few new books out uh, recently. They have um, a second grade social studies book. They have a kindergarten art and poetry book. They have a whole new map map skills series out. There's a pretty new sixth grade science book. There's a couple of new high school uh, courses out there. So just go check it all out. It's really cool stuff. Um, Seatonhome.org. Okay, Jenny, what's our topic today, our money topic? Well, it's a big one. It's how to create and live with a homeschool budget. It's kind of an important one. Of course, everybody's a little tight with money these days, inflation being what it is. Ugh, and, yeah, I know, no kidding. But when people think of a homeschool budget, right, they think of curriculum. How much is it going to cost me to enroll in this school? Or how much is it going to cost me to buy these books? Right, yeah. There's a whole lot more to it than that. There is. There is a whole lot more to it. Um, you get better at it through the years, but when you're first starting out, you know, obviously things like pencils and pens and rulers and protractors and notebooks, that, that sort of thing. Uh, but there's also like co-ops and, you know, just a whole lot. So it's the, the best advice I could give right off the top of my head is try to keep track of your expenses. Be mindful of what you're spending your money on. Don't buy something like, oh, that might be a nice idea. <laughs> I'll pick one of those up. Don't do it. No, I, I gosh. Had, when I first started homeschooling, I had more stuff that I bought because I heard somewhere that it was good and it sat on my shelf. Right. Or because it looked nice or I thought, oh, I'm going to do this with them. <laughs> and I had no time to do that with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's because it, it looks pretty or it seems like a nice idea or it's creative. It's it's really hard. It's hard to budget that first year because we talk about homeschooling being a lifestyle right? And it is like so many factors go into that budget. It's not just the books and the pencils and the supplies. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes into that being you really have to, You have to really day. think about it. And sometimes yeah. it's savings. Like for yep. example, uh, your kids don't have to have the same clothes they'd have if they went to public school, for example. No, no. I mean, you could get away with just a couple of pairs of jeans or a couple of dresses and skirts and, yep. you know, cause you're home, you can throw the laundry in a little bit more frequently and they so don't- yeah. yeah, and they, they also they can wear the same ugly stuff every day. But they can. But they care. They're not trying to impress their friends. Right. Um, you, you don't need the design or whatever or the, the cool whatever right. thing that's cool now. You know, they don't know that. Thank God. <laughs> They're not aware of that. So some of it can be uh, can be easier or cheaper, I should say. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, you have to be aware. And I would say the, the the number one thing that might hold some families back is the cost of curriculum. Yeah, because that that feels like a big nut to crack that, you know, when you when you go on that website, whether it's a Mother of Divine Grace or a Colby or a Seton or um, uh, Catholic Heritage Curricula, and you you say, oh, this is so pretty. And, oh, I think this is going to be great. And this seems to suit my my style. And and I think it's and then you put it all in that cart 
And then you get that total and you're like, oh no. <laughs> so I did Catholic homeschooling conferences for years. I used to sign people up for homeschooling. And I love to get the Catholic school parents because they've oh, been yeah. spending for years and years and years. Those people are immune. <laughs> Those people are immune. Right. In fact, they can't believe how much cheaper it is to, to homeschool than it is yeah. to send your kids to Catholic school and pay tuition. So I used to love to get them. They never complained about the money ever. But the public school parents, even though they have, usually you get a list from a public school of things that you have to buy, supplies, that sort of stuff. Right. It's nowhere near the cost of curriculum. It just isn't. No, it's, there's sticker shock involved. It, it can, it can be a lot. It can feel like a lot of money um, for, you know, to lay out. And I, I know a lot of them um, have, I guess, layaway plans or payment plans and stuff right. like that, but still it's another bill every month and we all have a lot of bills. And so there are ways to help. There are ways to make this better and to, and to budget. So um, first one is do a lot of research before you buy. Um, I can't tell you how many people I know who have uh, started with one curriculum. You know, they buy a box curriculum or they they assemble a whole like literature-based curriculum or something like that. And then they get two months into it and it's not working. It's, it's, it's just not working because they didn't take into account this or that, or with the, how they, how they teach or what their kid needs or, you know, something like that. So you have to do a lot of research in how you, how you think and how your kids learn and all that kind of stuff. It takes time. I mean, deciding to homeschool is deciding you're, you're living a certain way. You're living a whole lifestyle and your kids, you have to kind of figure out how they learn. So you check out all the websites, take the free placement tests, um, go to your friends and, and look at their books. Um, if there are homeschool conferences around by you, go and look at the books. Uh, oftentimes on the websites, they show you a few pages of each of the books. So you look, look at the inside tables. this book and if you click here, yeah, that sort of yeah, thing. the the tables of contents and all that kind of stuff. Call and and talk to people at the different curriculum providers. Um, sometimes they have counselors who will give you a few minutes of their time. Um, things like that. If you have a friend who homeschools and uses a certain method or a certain curriculum, ask if you can just sit in her room one day and kind of like observe how how it goes, like or look through her lesson plans or something like that. Like really dive into the research. Believe it or not, it sounds so tedious and it it kind of is, but it will save you a lot of money in the long run if you really know what you're doing. Well, money, time, and aggravation. Yeah, yeah. So, for example. Lots and lots of people say, well, you don't really have to get a, a boxed curriculum or order lesson plans. You can just do this on your own. And when you get the stuff, you realize, oh, man, I can't do this on my own. It's I very overwhelming, it. especially your first year or two. Maybe after a few years under your belt, you feel like you can. But that first year or two is so overwhelming. Well, that's why I signed up with Seton in 1989, because I thought I can't do this on my own. There's no possible way I could. I will admit that at that time. My thought was, well, I'll let Seton teach me how to teach, and then I will move on to the superior form of home education, which is designing your own curriculum and writing your own lesson plans. Mm -hmm. And then after a year or two, I realized I am not going to design my own curriculum. <laughs> and I, occasionally, if there was something I wanted to do, like we did a lot of fine arts in our house, mm -hmm. and Seton didn't really have a whole lot for that. So we did a lot. They, they, all their visual arts were beautiful, although not even in those days, really. But uh, so we did a lot of that ourselves, the fine arts sort of stuff. So you can always add to a curriculum or you can always say, you know what, this spelling just doesn't work for me and not do it in your curriculum. But I think to start out with a curriculum that has lesson plans is probably a wise move. Maybe you were a teacher. Right. Yeah. If you were you were an actual um, 
teacher who taught in schools, the lesson plans that spine to go by might be the way you're most comfortable. Right. Because you know, that's what you're used to. So find the way you're most comfortable. And then, the, like Jenny said, that saves you so much aggravation. And aggravation is something you do not need because <laughs> aggravation and it saves you money. Like, wow, well, I bought this, I bought all these books and this just isn't working for me. So now they're sitting on my shelves. And Mary Ellen, you tell the truth. Do you know a single homeschooler who doesn't have some book sitting on her shelves that she ordered oh and isn't using? Yeah. I mean, gosh, I, yeah. I mean, I wish I had all they that all money do. back. I'd retire. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um, and it happens to everybody. It does happen to everybody, but I just try to avoid it as best you can. Really. It's, it's so maddening years later when you're like, oh gosh, why did I spend that money? Right. So that, and then check out return policies. Yeah. It's always, always on their website that they accept returns, you know, would obviously can't let your kid write in it and expect to return it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to be reasonable, but give a call to them, check out the, the, the policy. If you've, if you've done something like enroll, sometimes they give you a little grace period. It might be a week or two before you have to pack up everything. Um, you might have to pay shipping, things like that. Just be aware of what you've purchased and what the policies are, you know, so, you, so you're not buying a pig in a poke. Okay. Right. Um, and also buy used where you can. That's a great way to save money. There's so many Facebook groups now um, where you can buy and sell your used curriculum and get books, you know, at oh, a third of the cost. And I use thrift books a lot for um, like the novels and things. Thrift sure. books is a great resource. I mean, you can buy paperback, you know, the screw tape letters for a dollar, two dollars and library sales and use bookstores and use the library. I mean, the library is a great resource. Do that kind of thing. Um, and another thing is, I, have you been reading about this, Jenny, these school voucher programs? I don't know that much about it, but I know Arizona. Eight states now. Eight oh. states have some sort of school choice where they will give you a voucher uh, for $8,000 per child or 5000 whatever it is. Arizona, and, yeah, it's like almost $8,000. Yeah. And Florida's yeah. doing it. Gosh. Florida's doing it. Those are the two that are, but I believe it's eight states now. Yeah. I, Some states have educational savings accounts where uh, you take money and it's tax-free and put it into an account for your kids. So at least you're not using taxed money, you know, after-tax money. Uh, there, there are, research what your state offers. Yeah. Highly consider moving to a state that's better than yours. Yeah, if, you if you're moving kids. and you have a choice, my goodness, go somewhere where they'll help you out with that. I mean, I would take every single solitary cent you are entitled to and spend it on whatever you can, <laughs> really. Well, if they say you can buy desks, buy desks. If they say you can buy books, buy books. Buy anything they say you can buy, really. Yep. Take every the cent you're entitled to. I, I lived in Illinois. It's a high-tax state to begin with. And I lived in maybe the most high-tax city in the state of Illinois. It was horrible. The taxes were absolutely, like I say, confiscatory. Uh, so I was, and most of it went to schools. Most yeah. of it went to schools that I was not using. So if you get any kind of a, a break, a tax break, a voucher, uh, an educational savings account, anything, take it. Take it and use it. If they if it pays for the extras, I mean, if they'll pay for your dance classes or, you know, something like that. I mean, just really, really research that and know exactly what you're entitled to. Use every single cent. I would rather pitch it down the sewer than give it to New York State. Yeah, <laughs> I really would flush it down the toilet, anything. Buy something and give it to somebody else. Honestly, if you don't yeah. need anything, buy a pack of pencils, give it to some poor kid. <laughs> just anything. 
So you're listening I, to two people who lived in blue states that just paid yeah, through the nose I, and taxes. This is never going to happen in New York. Never with the teachers yeah. union. So, I mean, God bless you all who have this. So I highly suggest that you look into that and use every single cent. God bless you all. <laughs> anyway, that's curriculum. And those are some ideas for that. But you would be shocked at supplies. Oh, gosh, supplies yes. can add a lot of money. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's so silly. Um, like I buy pencils in bulk. I buy them by the gross, literally the gross, right? 144 pencils. And by October, I'm like, where are the pencils? Where are the pencils? Where are the pencils? The dog eats them. First of all, the dog is chewing on them. I hide pencils. I have three kids. There's two 17-year-olds and a 14-year-old. It's not like I have toddlers here. <laughs> what happens to them? I buy them in yeah. bulk. It's ridiculous. But this well, can cover... August is the time of year, by the way, to buy them. Yeah, you go I mean, to a yeah. big box store in August, you'll be able to buy that gross of pencils because it's a loss leader. They want you to come in there and yes. buy everything. So you buy your school the, supplies over the summer. Yeah, get the, uh, in Staples, I think around here, Staples sells the uh, the spiral notebooks for, I think it's a nickel or a quarter or something right. like that. I mean, I'm at a point now where I don't even have to buy this. I have, I was, you know, when I was cleaning out their cubbies and stuff, getting ready for the new books to come in, I found 10 spiral notebooks just sitting there not even used so i mean i i didn't buy a thing i did not buy one thing um but yeah laptops that's a supply microscopes like you end up using all this stuff don't buy it all glue crayons uh gel pens uh rulers protractors i always bought and i still when the kids get into upper level math and they're not in workbooks anymore I love what they call quadrille paper or graph paper. Yeah. Keep everything in neat little rows. So, oh, but all those things, and that you're not going to get for five cents at, uh, no. at Staples. That's no. going to be more expensive. Now, do remember, though, that unlike a school where you're sending your kids to a, a school and they're sitting at a desk, they don't have to have their own box of crayons, their own box of gel pens. Everybody can share. I bought the giant box of uh, crayons I forget. I, it might have been Oriental Trading or something. It, they were Crayola. I mean, don't buy those Rose Art ones. They're gross. But invest in that thing. I swear to you, that lasted 10 years. Yeah. And I, I bought a giant thing of Elmer's glue. It was like a two-gallon thing. And that, I know, lasted 15 years because the kids were so sick of looking at it. They were just <laughs> like, is this thing ever going away? It was it was huge. But this, like, buy the big bulk items. Invest in that um, a little at a time. You know, or go in with a friend on a big order, like something like that at, at um, an art supply store or something and share the shipping and share the expense and, you know, divide it up. Uh, my friends and I used to do that, too. Sometimes we'd go in, we'd share the shipping, we'd buy a big order of something and we divide it up. And that would save us a little bit of money. And then for years, we'd be set on some of these um, right. art items. It was a way to do it that um, would save us a little bit of money. The next year, you didn't have to buy as much. The, you weren't as concerned with the kids like spilling something. It's like, oh my gosh, it was so expensive. And do not, when your children are small, there's this whole kind of like, you know, Waldorf Montessori, buy them the best art supplies you can. Don't, don't do that. 
Do not spend money on like oil paints and the like wonderful water. No, Crayola is cheap fingerprint. <laughs> fingerprint is fine. That's all. Do, don't make yourself crazy over that kind of stuff, please. You know, they're going to spill whatever you buy. So buy, you know, as long as it's nice enough that their picture on the fridge looks nice. If they turn into Picasso or Renoir or something, that's when you make an investment. You do not make the investment when they're four. Please do not waste that kind of money. Um, you know, be sensible about that kind of thing and shop around, shop around. Definitely shop around. <laughs> the The other thing that we should remember, though, is that we are teachers. Mm-hmm. You are professional and teachers. Sometimes you can get discounts if you go into a, a shop and say, I'm a homeschool mom. Maybe bring a copy of your kid's seat and report card or something with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, actually, I think HSLDA might have something like that where you can get a um yeah i use my hslda membership card and i yeah. use my um the copy of my ihip my individual home instruction plan approval from my district and barnes and noble took that and um the local teacher store took that yeah, I was gonna say, a, we had a teacher store that used to accept that from us yeah so it's it's worth asking all they could say is no and then you kind of make you know like worse than you are well yeah i make a face what do you mean i'm not a teacher <laughs> You intimidate the 18-year-old behind the cash register. <laughs> and sometimes they give you the discount. What do they care? But there are but there are there are discounts available very often for homeschoolers. If you're buying like a computer, it can make a big difference. Sure. Um, HSLDA, if you're a member, they have discounts on Lenovo computers, which are fine little laptops. Sure. You know, They're there's great. yeah, um, two of my kids have them. Um, and you can also get the uh if if the kids need a laptop. We, I'm not a big fan of them like having internet and stuff during during the day. But um, if they just need, you know, to write their papers and stuff, there are these little um, Chromebooks. I'm Chromebook terrible. would be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like just just for, they call them tablets, I think. Yeah. Like they, they could just write up things. They don't really have to have like all kinds of special effects on them. So it's just really for word processing mostly. You know, they can look up a few things. They can write their their papers and stuff like that. My kids use it for their seat and online stuff. Like they can take their tests and watch right. their little videos and things like that. But um, they're not really doing, they're not gaming on it. That's what I mean. Like they're not getting all that kind of visual stuff. Um, well, that and be able to get access to things that you really don't want them to look right. at. Right. Yeah. They're, they're really, they're kind of limited. Um, so they can, they can do all their, the things I need them to do. And those things were, I swear, they were probably about 200 bucks, which is not a huge amount of money. Right. So, so not that for that. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So you can you can find these things, but you have to kind of look. So as for the discounts, as for teacher discounts, I think Best Buy sometimes gives them those kinds of stores. So ask. You could just ask. ask. Yeah. Nothing to lose. What is the old New Yorkers used to say? You don't ask, you don't get. Right. You don't ask, you don't, don't get. You don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> the other thing, and this one is really personal for me because I have in the 30s of grandchildren now. Good. Yes. <laughs> well, oh, gosh. Anybody expecting? Great. Wait a minute. One, one is expecting, yes, oh. I have one in November, and I have two great-grandchildren. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have oh, a lot gosh. of... So here's the thing. Uh, first of all, American kids, in my opinion, have way too much junk anyhow. They yes. have plastic stuff all over the place. They really don't need any more junk. And I have one uh, daughter, for example, who has a kind of smaller house, and she's I just don't want anything. I don't want anything else in this house. Yeah, I'm just over as it is. So what I started doing years ago, and they all seem to love it, I will ask them first, what would you like to join this year? Right. Yes. So if you live in Milwaukee, do you want the Milwaukee Zoo? Or do you want the Milwaukee Public Museum? (laughs) 
or you know, or Chicago, do you want to be the, the Museum of Science and Industry or the Field Museum or the Aquarium or the Planetarium? I will get you a very nice membership. And I get the, I do get for Christmas, I get the really nice membership, the one with the free parking and yeah. you know, a couple of free tickets to the um way, way the dolphin show or whatever it is. It's so much better than you going to whatever toy store, ordering on Amazon some junk made in China that she's going to be tripping over and hating you. Right. You can't forget about it. And I have to tell you that I get pictures throughout the year of my little, you know, grandchildren running around in the zoo and they'll say, went to the zoo today. Thanks to grandma. Oh, see, how sweet is that? So you're making memories and they're learning stuff. Yeah. it's it's much better for you to ask all the relatives who are going to be buying them Christmas gifts or birthday gifts or, you know, whatever gifts. Um, ask for memberships to the museums and the aquariums and the parks passes. and Which one do you like best? Yeah, um, all that kind of stuff. Or even say to them, instead of a birthday gift, grandma and grandpa, come and take them to the little museum in, in our town, the village right. museum or the, you know, whatever. Take them to that. And then they can they can we can put that on our state history thing because right. the the state requires that and they can write up a little thing or whatever or the that kids is, are taking sixth grade space science this year they'd love a telescope for christmas yeah we'll get a family telescope one telescope that's it you all you have you have to get for each child and like mm-hmm. i say people like me with a lot a lot of grandchildren i yeah. have to start april for christmas i really would. yeah you would you would and it would cost you so much more money and be so much less valuable in the long run. So this is a nice thing. You have the family discussion, you know, at, at July 4th picnic. <laughs> Listen, right. this is just so much better for us. And it it fits into our homeschool and it fits into our budget and everybody would love it. And we promise you tons of pictures and we'd love for you to come with us and make memories and that kind of thing. And I think probably most grandparents and aunts and uncles and godparents would love that better. It takes the pressure oh, they off. they do. Most people don't want to have to buy all this stuff that you don't even know if the kid's going to like it or not. You, yeah, then, you don't, you you don't know if they have it. it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, no, it's, I'm telling you, that people love the memberships. And here's the thing too, and you, I was never so badly off that we couldn't afford to go to a zoo. But at the same time, if it was free, if I had that ticket already and I had free parking and all I had to do was pack a lunch, I was much more likely to go. Right. And you might go more than once. Absolutely. Right? Oh, I used to go all the time. Right. Yeah. That's uh, the the times that we had the um the one that got us to the Central Park Zoo and the Queen Zoo and the, you know, the Brooklyn, the, the Bronx Zoo. Right. The, the one pass gets you to like six zoos around here. We went to all of them. You yeah. know, we didn't just go to the one that you paid for. We we went to all of them because the pass allowed us to go to all of them. Actually, I happen to know because I do this for my relatives. If I give you a pass to the Bronx Zoo for the sake of argument. You can use that at the Milwaukee Zoo, the Brookfield Zoo in Chicago, zoos all the Cincinnati Zoo. They recognize them all over the country. Right. It's that World Wildlife Foundation pass or something, something like, like that. that. I don't know what like it that. is. But whatever cool. it is, it lets my kids get in all over. the. Uh, my one son and his wife, they had taken me and another grandchild. We visited them in Michigan. They took us to the Henry Ford Museum. And they said, oh, this is our favorite museum. I said, Perfect. You got Christmas gift. So while I was there, I ordered them a, uh, a, a year, you know, a pass for the year. And the woman was so lovely. She said, why don't, doesn't everybody do this? Yeah. Unfortunately, people just seem to order off Amazon. And I guess, and- I guess, but she, she would delay, delay this was, and then I said, okay, I, you know, I had paid whatever it was. I don't remember now for them to have their pass. I said, but I'm not on the pass. I said, how much for me to get in? She's, oh, I'm not going to charge you, Michael. 
Oh, how sweet. <laughs> I know they were just so nice. So this Aww. is really something to do. Microscope science kits during COVID when you couldn't get into those things, that was a bad year. Yeah. So I couldn't order them the zoo pass because you couldn't get into the zoo. Um, I got the things that come every month. In the, oh, the, the subscription kits. The subscription kits. Some of those them are, are fun. Some of them are geography. Well, again, every month they get one and they think of grandma. Right. Yes. And again, you get the pictures of them doing the little kits and putting things together or looking things. Yeah. Much, much better way to go. So, and that it, it expands your budget. It's something sure you're not paying money for. And you've gotten these experiences and these research opportunities and all this kind of stuff. And before we take our break, another um, way to expand your budget. So you have a little extra money to spend on other things is to make use of your library. Um, even if you have a small town library that doesn't seem to be very useful, you can make use of intralibrary loan. Um, I have a small village library, um, but they order things for me all the time. There are special collections. They have discount passes to all those museums that you don't have memberships for. Um, they have computers and internet. So if you have kind of wonky internet where you live, if you don't have the best services, if you are short on computers in your house because you maybe don't have laptops for everybody, you can bring a kid there and sit next to them and they can do their homework on there. Um, they have audiovisual materials. They have maps. They have You have access to music and art and uh, tutoring. Foreign language. Foreign, foreign languages, languages yes. You can, get, you can get foreign language tapes. And the other thing that local libraries can do, even if they're small village libraries, know about other resources in the area and they can refer you to them. Yes. Almost yes. every place on earth, I don't care how rural you are, there's a little county museum where people can learn about how the county was settled. Right, yeah. Where I mean, there's an old restored schoolhouse. These are all free or relatively free and they're very educational. They are, and they're thrilled when homeschoolers and children show up. These people yes, are, are thrilled when people show up, and especially when young people show up. So take advantage of all of this kind of stuff. It really does expand your budget, um, and it's fun. It's enjoyable, and it's enjoyable for the people who are uh, – our librarians love us, love I us. Bet. They really do. It, it just gives them such joy to see um, kids who are reading and who are interested and who ask them questions. So make friends with your library. And on that note, we have to stop because um, we have some really good friends who are kind enough to sponsor this uh, podcast. And we want to give you the opportunity to get to know them. So just hang on for a minute while you listen to their message. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Benedictine College. Benedictine College is a Newman Guide School located in Atchison, Kansas. It is heir to the 1500 years of Benedictine dedication to learning. Benedictine College mission as a Catholic Benedictine liberal arts residential college is the education of men and women within a community of faith and scholarship. There are over 50 undergraduate programs, two master's degree programs, and they are located on a beautiful, beautiful campus. Please check out their website at benedictine.edu for more information about student life, faith life, admissions, financial aid, athletics, and a variety of other things. You can even schedule a visit to the campus on the website. So again, check them out at benedictine.edu. And thank you, Benedictine College, for sponsoring the Stay at Homeschooling Mom podcast. Hello and welcome back. We thank you so much to our sponsor. Uh, without you, I don't know where we'd be. Uh, <laughs> we very much appreciate so please. 
look them up, uh, you know, get on their website, check them out. Uh, we've been talking about ways to save money with your homeschooling, but now we're going to have to talk about things where it can get, it can kind of add to the budget here. If you're not used to having people home all day, if all you had to do all these years was put together a little, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a cupcake or something, yeah. and now your kids are eating home three meals each and every day, man, does your grocery bill go up? And groceries are crazy expensive lately. I mean, the food has gone up astronomically, astronomically in the last few years, right? I mean, it's just you and Ed home. But I mean, has your food bill gone crazy? Our food bill has gone crazy. And of course, I move from, it's just the two of us, but we spend a lot of time at our kids' homes. And, you know, you want to show up, I don't know, with a couple of things just Eddie goes out and buys bagels or something for the kids and cream cheese. Holy mackerel. Oh, I know. I know. Even a stupid dozen bagels has gone way up. So it's very, very expensive to to, to eat these days in general. And if you have your kids home eating three meals a day, you can find that it's going to be a little bit of of sticker shock there. Yeah. Um, So So there has to be rules. I mean, I've just had to impart uh, because... I, my food bill is right up there with my mortgage now. I mean, yeah. we just, it's because ah. <laughs> there are anywhere from seven to nine people full-time in this house. And a lot of them are adults. And they're adults. And yeah, your kids are not little, it's not like a three-year-old eating. No, I'm not. I can't get away with everybody eating three chicken nuggets and a little pile of corn anymore. I mean, yeah. people <laughs> eat food. <laughs> so uh, the there's no- The thing is if you have more boys than girls, I have to say at one point Gosh, I had all my girls were home. All my girls were home and I'd have maybe a gallon of milk a week. My one son was in the army. My other son was in college. They'd come home for holidays. It was a gallon a day. Oh yeah, they could easily. I mean, girl dinner is so much fun around here. It's a bowl of cereal. It's a salad. You know, they pick at something. It's like, you know, you can have, you can feed girls like ice cubes for dinner. They don't care. <laughs> they just, right? Not the boys. Girls are not hungry at night the way boys are. I Gosh, they eat. They're hollow. They're hollow. I know. And, the, and my oldest son, when he's home from college, because he's a runner. So he run, oh. he's a cross-country runner. He runs like, I don't know, 9, 10, 15 miles a day. Somebody I, has to fuel up. Somebody has to fill up that tank. Good <laughs> Lord. Good Lord. So, I mean, there's just no grazing. Uh, during school, during school days, there is no grazing. You cannot just eat whenever you want. Right. There is a certain... There's, First of all, it's not good for your school day because they it's have... Not. It's not. So they have to have breakfast. Maybe you give them a little snack at you know at 10 o'clock lunch yeah. a little snack after school and then dinner period i make a I, I make a snack tray you know like a charcuterie kind of a thing but it's sure. a small it's a small little snack board i cut up some fruit i put out some cheese and crackers something you know whatever's around i put it out this is your snack tray this is what you can eat that's it <laughs> until yeah. lunch and keeps i usually down also by the way keeps the cleaning down it keeps the cleaning down and out of the kitchen oh my word it's just, and, and lunch is usually leftovers from the night before, or I have some, you know, some cold cuts or some, like I've made some tuna salad. This is what you have for lunch. I don't need, I also don't give people a whole lot of choices because right. I'm not, I, I can't run a cafeteria here. It's just too much money. Our house, we had two choices every, every meal, take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try to cook like things that everybody likes. And if I happen to cook something I know somebody doesn't like, there's some kind of alternative. There's always salad. There's always bread, but you know. And I bake where I can. I don't buy a whole lot of packaged food because it's expensive and it's just bad for you. It's junky. If we have, if we're having a party or if we're having company, maybe there's something like 
Um, and my friend's grandchildren were over the other day. So I bought a package of Oreos because I know they like Oreos and that's sure. like a treat or something like that. But for the most part, I bake. So there's a snack cake or there's, you know, I bake chocolate chip cookies or something like that. That's a dessert. Not every day, but that's it. And, but it's a whole lot cheaper. You're right. Package yeah. food. And if you go to most grocery stores today, there's an, like, get rid of pop. Every soda pop, Never. I guess, depending on where you look. Never. Every, every store in the, every, first of all, every diet, whether you're on a carnivore diet or a vegan diet, they all recommend you get rid of soda pop. It's disgusting. It's no good for you. It's terrible for you. It's bad for your teeth. It's just awful. No, I never buy it. I never buy it. Uh, Like, again, if you're having a big graduation party, a few bottles of soda because people drink it. It's a treat, whatever. But never in the house, just on a regular date. No, it's water. There's some milk. We drink tea. Yep, that's fine. Coffee in the morning. And that's it, really. Because it's so much money and it's just terrible for you. Why pay to have cavities? I just don't understand why people would do it. And then and one I, of my I, big, big tricks was I used to cook for multiple meals. Yeah. And that's really smart. It is. So I'd have, I always plan the big meal would be Sunday dinner. So say we had a turkey for Sunday dinner with all the trimmings. But then during the week, I'd maybe make a, take the leftover turkey and put it into a casserole. And then a couple of days later, we'd have turkey soup. Yeah. It saves uh, money. And it's easy when you're busy too, because you've planned it out. You know what's yep. coming. You've got all the ingredients. Like softball season or baseball season when you're running kids around to yeah. their athletics. It's almost impossible to get a, a, a May dinner on the table every night. So same thing. You get a ham bone. You have ham for and sweet potatoes for Sunday dinner. And you have a ham casserole two days later. And you have pea soup at the end of the week. Yeah. And we did. We actually did way, way back when we started the podcast. I think we did a meal planning one or something. I don't know. Do we you have remember to look that? that it was like in housekeeping or something. So if you yeah, want, we might have we might have done that. Yeah. But this so, is something. Bear this in mind. I am the queen of leftovers. I never waste a leftover. Me either. I mean, it was scraps. Yep. There's something can, in the Bible about like uh, gathering your fragments. It's in the Old <laughs> Testament, and you have to gather your fragments. I mean, use every crumb these days because you know the government's trying to take it all away from us. <laughs> We have to but gather our fragments. I could have a chicken that's been picked clean and I'll make a, a soup out of the carcass. I mean, yeah. so always, always, always use up the food you have. It's cheaper for you, no question about it. Also is very, very uh, time-saving and that counts too. And then plan. So that kind of mm. goes along with that. Yeah, just plan your meals. Use the uh, the grocery store circulars or, you know, however it, it works out economically for you, depending on where you live and what your budget is and what you have in the fridge and the pantry. Just plan it out and, and try to shop to your plan. And then c- close the kitchen at night. Like no no yeah. midnight snacks. Nobody's cooking at night. Like when you have adult ch- children, sometimes they do. They get up in the middle of the night and start cooking. The boys do that. Like, yeah. like I was going to eat that steak for dinner tomorrow. But they, but they also don't seem to have this thing. They, they don't mind cooking in the middle of the night. Cleaning in the middle of the night. Uh, seems cleaning's, cleaning's a little yeah. bit more difficult for everybody. That doesn't I, seem to work out quite yeah. the same way. But actually, health-wise, there's a lot of talk about intermittent fasting and everything. I don't know. I'm not getting into that now. But the fact is that a healthy way to be is have your dinner, brush your teeth, floss your teeth, and don't eat again until breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, it's it a healthy healthier. thing to do. It's a it healthy is. thing to do. It allows your body to do all sorts of housekeeping instead of, and snacking is just a bad habit to get into anyhow. It is a bad habit. And it, you digest your sleep better when you're not so full. Yep. It's not good to have sugar and snacks and stuff before you go to bed, but just, it's also- And all those stupid snacks cost money and we can't afford money. homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're homeschooling now, guys. So just, you know, you don't need to eat as much as you can at dinner. 
have a little dessert once in a while at dinner, you know, have your little cookie after dinner, right after dinner, and then the kitchen is closed. So yeah, you have to cool. really pay attention to the food budget when you have six, seven, eight, ten people home all day long. It's just, it gets crazy. It really it can I get out of hand. It I keep telling my husband, we got to get chickens and a cow back here because <laughs> in my suburban Long Island home because it's getting ridiculous. Also, you utilities. I mean, yeah. you're home all day, the air's on all day or the heat's on all day and people are taking 45 minute showers all day. It's So you got to, that's kind of part of the budget. Like it's a lifestyle. We talk about it being a lifestyle. And suddenly if you, if you were sending them off to school and now they're home and they're running water and they're, you know, this constant fight with the thermostat. Well, I think also a big part of this is laundry. So my kids school for years and years and years before I started homeschooling and they would come home and they'd hang up their little shirt and their jumper at three o'clock and they would wear the same thing again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, another thing that I did, I was always a big one. I still am. I could come to your house and if the bed's not make, I'll made it. I'm a bed maker. I love made beds. I am. Too. I, am. I just yeah. love a made bed. And my big thing with the kids is when you take off your pajamas, put them under your pillow. Don't put them in the hamper. You don't need a fresh pair of pajamas that you put on at 10 o'clock last night and you're taking off at four, you know, five o'clock this morning. You don't need a fresh pair. You can go a couple of days in the same pair of pajamas. Yeah. You can if you're clean when you go to bed, you're clean when you yeah. wake up. <laughs> That's right. You can, so you so but, but I think it's just a lazy thing. They take yeah, off the pajamas and they heave them into the hamper. Uh, the same thing with towels. You can reuse a towel. One of the things we did uh, when we had a lot of kids, we put towel bars on the inside of their bedroom closet. Hang oh, up your towel after a shower. That's smart. And use it a couple of times. What you're using when you use a, a bath towel, your body is by definition clean. You just took a bath or a shower. Yeah. And all you're doing is drying clean water off your body. If there's you no- hang it up, if it ends up on the floor, that's another thing. But you're right. If you hang it up, there's no reason why you can't use it a few times. Thus, saving water and heat. Save, mm-hmm. Saving water, heat, uh, laundry detergent. I mean, the cost of laundry detergent today is outrageous. I went to buy bleach. Bleach used to be like 75 cents. And now it's several bucks a gallon. Yeah. Bleach. Just everything. It's, it's everything. So we have to, we have to save where we can. And another thing you might want to consider for your budget too, especially if you were, you were in a situation where you were in public school and now your children are in public school, your music, your sports, your dance, your field trips, all these things were included. And now you're kind of on your own for that. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we've talked about um, in several other podcasts, and I'm going to try and find a few of them and link them in our show notes, um, how to save money on those. Um, Ginny and I have both had daughters who were dancers. Ginny, Ginny's daughters actually majored in dance, but um, got discounts on dance lessons by teaching or assisted teaching. Actually, in, in her dances. case, she was hired by the Dance Academy. Not only did she not pay for her own lessons, but she was paid to, to give other lessons. Yeah. See, and my daughter, and, my daughter just assisted in a three-year-old class to get a discount. Yeah. So, so there's also, you, you can look into stuff like that. What some of my kids did, so we lived again in, a, in an urban area where things were closer. You could ride bikes to, for example, the baseball fields. Several of my kids paid for their, uh, their baseball softball by lining the fields. Yeah. Somebody has to line those fields. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there are ways to get to field trips. If you get a bunch of homeschoolers together and you go to something during the day, you might get a discount. Actually, you do. If you that's people don't realize that if you call ahead and say, listen, there's going to be 10 of us coming, you know, 10 kids and and three moms. This is a homeschool group. Very often they let in for nothing. We're going to the Vanderbilt, one of the Vanderbilt museums in uh, 
February to, to, I don't know, it's something with a fish. I have no idea, but it's $13 because we got 50 people in like five minutes. Yeah. So $13 and they're getting a watercoloring to watercolor invertebrates, whatever fishes. I don't know, but it, it, it looks interesting, but it's $13 for a two and a half hour class. Yeah. So definitely look, look this stuff up. If if it's something, and if it's something that they provide for free to public schools in your area, Mm-hmm. don't be shy about saying, well, you know, we're a school too. Yeah. I mean, so there are ways um, to expand your budget that way. And and you just have to ask. You really just have to ask. And and people, people are like homeschooling is not that weird anymore. So people are generally no, open to it. But it is something that you have to consider when you're planning your homeschool budget. Okay. So I, and, and plan judiciously. So um, we want them to be in soccer and they used to be soccer, softball, football. Well, we can't do everything. So maybe yeah. what, what does he enjoy the most? What does he eat the best at? That kind of thing. And then we'll we'll put those, put a pin in those other things, or maybe he could just play in the backyard and grab a few friends or right. something like that. So um, so we've discussed a bunch of things to do. What do we not do to save money? What are some <laughs> what are some things to avoid? The biggest, biggest thing is so you get the books. And your kid is doing his math every day and he just dawdles at math and he gives you a hard time about it. And you're thinking, it must be this math book. If only I had gotten a different math book or a different math program or something. And then they get on Facebook and they'll say, you know, my son really hates, I don't know, modern curriculum press math workbook that I got him. And she'll get 10,000 suggestions about what she should do that would be better, including buying all sorts of expensive manipulatives and this and that. Uh, don't drive yourself nuts with that. You know what? The kid didn't like math when he was in public school either. Your kid doesn't like math. I'm rubbing my head. How often do we see this happen? I'm just rubbing yeah. my head. I mean, it's such a shame. Don't don't switch your curriculum because someone is unhappy, whether it's you or your student. Power through it for a while. It might be that there's a learning issue, but it might just be that he doesn't, doesn't like math, math or, yeah, or his like English math. book or... Or he's just, you know, struggling because he's struggling. And, and you know, y- y- you kind of have to power through. Or he um, thinks you're a sucker. And if he gives you a hard enough time, <laughs> you're off. That's another possibility. I've had one or two of those situations. Yes, no kidding. That's another <laughs> big possibility. But don't go running right away to yeah. substitute, you know, by October. Well, he doesn't like his math. All right, too bad. Right. You know, he'll have, to, he'll have to live with it. And the other thing is, remember when people will say, gee, bye, I bought these math manipulatives and they were really helpful. My son loved them. You know, you can pull knives and forks out of your drawer, too. Right. You can use I pennies or, right. you know, dice, Buttons. dominoes, dice. all these you kinds of things. That- <clears throat> have to buy. And I'm not trying to discourage us from supporting other homeschool, you know, uh, providers. That's wonderful. But if money is tight. You can have your kid counting knives and forks. Yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff in your house. Um, those little counting teddy bears are cute. They're very cute. I have them. They're adorable. I have them too. Uh, everybody has them. But if, mm-hmm. if money is tight, you don't necessarily need to spend $25 on counting teddy bears when you have a jar full of pennies or your husband has a jar full of pennies or, right. you know, he has a jar also, full of golf tees or something like that. Great, like whatever's great, around. Yeah, it's a great way to teach, uh, you know, decimal systems of using dimes and dollars. I mean, yeah. there's loads of stuff that you can do that do not require you ordering something that is going to sit on your shelf and the toddlers are going to get into it. It'll be all over the floor and you don't have it in a year anyhow. So think yeah. that through. Um, don't go asking friends all the time. 
Sometimes and, just another face too. Like if um if you're teaching the the students, we're picking on math because that's easy to pick on. But so he's struggling with the math book, and you're thinking I should just change this whole curriculum. Sometimes if you just ask dad or an older sibling or grandpa who who loves math to come in and could you just run over this with him because he's you know maybe it's just just me. Maybe he just maybe he realizes I hate math too. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's just you. May sometimes just another person teaching them. My 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 closest friend Chris, who was is pretty good at math, um, sometimes would just look at something and, and say to them, Oh, you you can do this and sit with them for a few minutes and they get it. Right. Which was so annoying. <laughs> so irritating. But sometimes just a different voice or a different approach or a different demeanor, and suddenly they get it. You know, so try a few different things before you throw the baby out with the bath water. No sometimes kidding. it's just the situation and not the book, you know. So don't don't spend money before you have to. Yeah. And then the final thing, because we've kind of beaten this one to death, I think, but mm. we all these days, because they've made it so easy for us, you know, if I want to go buy, I don't know, a blouse. And I have to get in my car and I have to drive to the department store and I have to look through the blouses and I'm going to try them on. And then I'm going to maybe buy what I'm going to be a whole lot more careful and I'm going to get a lot fewer blouses. Mm -hmm. And if I simply get on a bunch of websites and click up, oh, order that one, click. They even have my, my computer has my credit card information. I don't even have to enter my credit card information in there. It comes up, click. <laughs> And then Quite. for the next two weeks, every time Quite. you go on to Facebook or Instagram, you're going to get ads for all kinds of pretty blouses. That's right. You right? will. But this is, this is the issue. So if you've researched homeschooling curriculum, you will start getting lots of ads from homeschool curricula providers that are going to, you know, so easy to go, oh, let me try that math book. Click. Look, they right. have that pretty art book. Click. Uh, think about it. Yeah. Don't impulse buy. Think says, about it. Says the queen of impulse buying. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I'm so tight. I am the tightest person. I'm cheap with other people's money. I, when I was doing homeschool yes. conferences, I always had like the lowest expenses because I'm cheap uh, with other people's money too. I just, I, yeah, I'm nervous about other people's money, but unless it's my husband's, but my money, I'm really. <laughs> Not I guess we I had all those money. kids and we were always on such a tight budget that I have just become so tight. And even now, when I can afford something, I really think about it twice. Should I buy that pen? You know, I'm <laughs> really a cheapie. <laughs> but no, it's I, very easy to impulse buy. And it's very, um, so many of these newer curriculums are so pretty and well thought out. And you think, oh, isn't that beautiful? I can see myself using that. I can see my children loving that. Your children are just not interested in how pretty it is. <laughs> they, just, they don't care. <laughs> and just because you switch doesn't mean they're going to like it any better. Right. So be really thoughtful. I guess that's the best way to put it yeah. about everything, about the curriculum you buy, the books you buy, the, ex, the extras you want to provide for your kids. Be really thoughtful about them. Yeah. So that, that first year when you're... And every year after, really, keep track of your expenses, you know, jot them down somewhere. If you're one of those spreadsheet people or if you just you have something in the back a notebook or in the back of your planner and just I've spent this much on these books to kind of keep a, a total, an idea so that the following year you're like kind of have an idea of what it costs you to homeschool your kids yeah. and see where maybe you can trim a little bit or you're like, oh, I did pretty well. You know, maybe I can maybe I can splurge on the microscope or the telescope, or we can do a, you do a nice field trip to somewhere overnight or a camping trip or something like that. 
Um, it gives you a lot of peace of mind when you feel like you have a lot of control over these expenses, especially in this economy. It's just yeah. awful and we all have to get through it. Uh, it will get better. It will. I'm sure it will someday. Hopefully we'll, we'll all be alive when it does, <laughs> but it, it gives you this, this is a tough, peace this of is mind. A tough one right now. It's a real tough one. It is. Even if you're making more money than you were a couple of years ago, it hasn't kept up with inflation. No. It and just, it, it, we have to be good stewards of what we have and do the best we can with it. Um, so uh, the peace of mind is worth the little, you know, keeping track and stuff. So I it hope sure you well, anyway, uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like to also add, you know, we do have a Facebook page, the Stay at Homeschooling Mom Facebook page. You can find us personally, uh, you know, Virginia Suford and Mary Ellen Barrett on Facebook. Send us your letters. Send us your thoughts. Send us what you would like us to cover if you have any ideas. Gee, why don't they ever talk about this? Please let us know. Sure, We'd be thrilled. Yeah. We would. We, we're open to suggestion. Please let us know. We will We will take it all in and uh, really try to come up with anything you uh, try to address, anything you come up with. Definitely. And in the meantime, we will see you again next Wednesday. Thanks for being here. God bless. God bless. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Seton Home Study School. Seton Home Study School is a nationally accredited, faithfully Catholic, private distant learning school that serves students from pre-K through 12th grade. There are currently 17,000 homeschool students enrolled in Seton Home Study School and many, many more who use their books and materials, including several small Catholic schools. Since 1983, Seton Home Study School has faithfully served the homeschool community in the United States and all over the world. Please check out their website, setonhome.org, for more information. And thank you, Seton Home Study School, for sponsoring the podcast, The Stay-at-Home Schooling Moms.